Well, it's a rainy day, but it's still a good day because we're together for Roadmap to Heaven on this Friday morning, March 3rd. I'm Adam Wright. You are listening to Covenant Network at 7 a.m. this morning. Happy first Friday to you. It's also the second Friday of the season of Lent, and I know there's a lot going on with that. Let's get to uh, work with prayer here this morning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Most sweet Jesus, whose overflowing charity for men is requited by so much forgetfulness, negligence, and contempt, behold us prostrate before you, eager to repair by a special act of homage the cruel indifference and injuries to which your loving heart is everywhere subject. Mindful, alas, that we ourselves have had a share in such great indignities which we now deplore from the depths of our hearts, we humbly ask your pardon and declare our readiness to atone by voluntary expiation, not only for our own personal offenses, but also for the sins of those who strain far from the path of salvation, refuse in their obstinate infidelity to follow you, their shepherd and leader, or, renouncing the promises of their baptism, have cast off the sweet yoke of your law. We are now resolved to expiate each and every deplorable outrage committed against you. We are now determined to make amends for the manifold offenses against Christian modesty and unbecoming dress and behavior, for all the foul seductions laid to ensnare the feet of the innocent, for the frequent violations of Sundays and holy days, and the shocking blasphemies uttered against you and your saints. We wish also to make amends for the insults to which your vicar on earth and your priests are subjected, for the profanation by conscious neglect or terrible acts of sacrilege of the very sacrament of your divine love, and lastly, for the public crimes of nations who resist the rights and teaching authority of the church which you have founded. Would that we were able to wash away such abominations with our blood, we now offer in reparation for these violations of your divine honor, the satisfaction you once made to your eternal Father on the cross and which you continue to renew daily on our altars. We offer it in union with the acts of atonement of your Virgin Mother and all the saints and of the pious faithful on earth, and we sincerely promise to make recompense, as far as we can with the help of your grace, for all neglect of your great love and for the sins we and others have committed in the past. Henceforth, we will live a life of unswerving faith, of purity of conduct, of perfect observance of the precepts of the gospel, and especially that of charity. We promise to the best of our power to prevent others from offending you and to bring as many as possible to follow you. O loving Jesus, through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mother, our model in reparation, deign to receive the voluntary offering we make of this act of expiation, and by the crowning gift of perseverance, keep us faithful unto death in our duty and the allegiance we owe to you, so that we may all one day come to the happy home where with the Father and the Holy Spirit you live and reign, God forever and ever. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Today on the show, we're going to be talking about Lent and first uh, Friday, first Saturday devotion. But before we can get to any of that, let's go to Mike Roberts for today's Saint of the Day and weather forecast. Today is the feast day of St. Catherine Drexel. Born in Philadelphia in 1858, her father Francis was a wealthy investment banker and her mother Hannah died five weeks after giving birth to Catherine. 
Her father remarried, and he and his wife Emma had a deep and rich faith life. Her father would pray for at least a half an hour every day, and her stepmother welcomed the poor into her house three days a week. Though wealthy, Catherine and her sisters had a great understanding of their blessings and the obligation to serve others. But after her stepmother died of cancer, when Catherine was about 20, she realized that even great wealth cannot shelter one from suffering. And she developed a passion for those suffering from injustice, particularly Native Americans and African Americans. While on a trip to Europe, she met with Pope Leo XIII and asked if he could send missionaries to the United States to help. But the Pope asked Catherine, why don't you become a missionary? When she returned home, Catherine did exactly that. She went to the Dakotas, met with Sioux leader Red Cloud, and began to provide financial aid to the Indian missions. After meeting with her friend Bishop James O'Connor, she wrote, The Feast of St. Joseph brought me the grace to give the rest of my life to serve those most in need. After three years of training, Mother Drexel and her nuns began a new order, the Sisters of the Blessed Sacrament. By the early 1940s, she had established Catholic schools in 13 states, including 40 mission centers and 23 rural schools, using an estimated $20 million of her own personal fortune. One of her closest advisors along the way was Mother Frances Cabrini. She died in 1955 and was canonized by St. Pope John Paul II in 2000, becoming the third American saint and the second behind St. Elizabeth Ann Seton to be born in the United States. St. Catherine Drexel, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Depending on your parish, when you go to pray the Stations of the Cross, you might find one of several booklets used to help you contemplate the Stations of the Cross. And that's what we're going to talk about today is really contemplating the Stations of the Cross and not just reading the books and reading the prayers as we endeavor this season of Lent to go deeper into prayer. We're happy to be at Kenrick Lennon Seminary in the Archdiocese of St. Louis speaking with the President Rector, Father Paul Hazing. Father, thank you for being with us today. Great to be with you, Adam. Thank you for the invitation. Now, the last time you were with us, we were really talking about the human formation aspect of the seminary, and that's why we thought of you for this interview today, because as I was driving over here, I was really pondering this question. Can I understand who I am fully if I don't contemplate our Lord's passion and death in addition to the resurrection, if I just focus on the good and not the, uh, the part we like to ignore sometimes? Sure. How many parts are there to our own life, our own history, our own humanity that I would prefer to ignore, that I'd prefer to just kind of gloss over or imagine that uh, I'm done looking at that or I'm done uh, messing with that, I'm healed of that, and then we go on a silent retreat, have a little silence, and suddenly something from our humanity gets magnified again. And we can get discouraged by that. Uh, because we think, oh my goodness, this is coming up again. My family of origin, my relationship with my dad, my way I related to my siblings, some of the ways I was bullied, all that comes up again, that's actually good news because it means the healing I had or the, the way I lived before, uh, it means I've grown and I'm available to more healing. More can be poured in, more can be offered there. And so uh, meditating on the Stations of the Cross it's one of the more poignant ways of 
embracing and accepting our humanity in its fallenness and meeting Jesus in our woundedness. So I think saying, yeah, we can't know ourselves unless we've meditated on the passion of Jesus is exactly right because knowing ourselves will often involve knowing these more difficult aspects of ourselves, our humanity and our history. I think back to my junior year of high school with uh, Deacon Jerry Quinn teaching us about Lexio Divina. And one of the exercises as we would sit with a passage of scripture in class was to place ourselves in the passage. Where are you in this passage of scripture? And I wonder if that is an appropriate exercise as we talk about the stations of the cross with each station to say, all right, where am I? And, you know, Jesus is condemned to die. Where am I in this station? Right. No, that's a great way to enter in. I would take one further step back before going into that imaginative tone and just consider how our Father looks upon us. I mean, that's always the beginning of prayer. And uh, some people make this um, distinction in mental prayer. There's mental prayer, there's two ways. There's a meditative way. And so if I, for example, start the first station, uh, Jesus is condemned to death. I start to go on this discursive, meditative way and think about Pilate being governor and Jesus being brought forward on a trial, and I think about trials and governors, and I think about the law and the justice of it and the injustice, and I'm hurt by the injustice. So I've, done, I've just done a very brief discursive meditation. The other kind of mental prayer that I want to stress here, and this is why the stations are so good, and they come out of the Franciscans. Leave it to the Franciscans. Francis was all about the incarnation. He gave us the manger. The Franciscans also give us the stations. As custodians of the Holy Land, that Via Dolorosa, that way of sorrows, that is the precursor to the stations of the cross. And what Francis was so good at was, if you want to get to know Jesus, be with him in his life. And so, where are you in the scene? can involve kind of these three steps for me. See the persons, hear the words, watch the actions. And so there's a way of entering into a scene, and that's the imagination, which isn't fantasy. Fantasy is not rooted in reality. We believe the Holy Spirit can lead us into imagining the scene, where I am in the scene, and as I'm placed in the scene, what I'm entering into is something called contemplation. A simple, a simple contemplation, not the kind of gifted Carmelite sense of contemplation, but the simple version of contemplation, which involves the imagination. So just to make that distinction, meditations about your discursive reasoning. These are the things that matter with justice and governors and kings. But contemplation involves what do I see, hear, touch, experience when I'm in the scene? So Jesus is condemned to death. I see the trial. I see the two men face to face. I see how Pilate approaches Jesus and asks him, what is truth? And I sense Jesus's response uh, with Pilate. And I, as I hear the words and watch the actions, I'm actually drawn into a sense of maybe I'm Jesus feeling condemned. Maybe I've been more like Pilate, doubtful of who God is. Maybe I am a bystander watching the two, and I feel like I really want to intervene. I feel helpless in life. 
So it touches on something happening in our lives, the imagination, and so it touches on something real for us. Maybe my helplessness, maybe my want to control, maybe my doubtfulness, maybe my sense of condemnation. And so I'm not thinking through reasoning, I'm pondering through my imagination. It's very effective for youth. One of my former teachers, my Latin teacher, once said in our devotional life, there's a little bit larger margin of error for how we pray. And I think of the liturgical praying of the Stations of the Cross, where perhaps you and the servers would come out with lighted candles and make the way around the church praying the Stations, which is a very good thing, an efficacious thing. But then I think about that devotional praying, that maybe it's just me sitting in the Adoration Chapel or sitting in the church or even at home or maybe on a park bench out in the park, that as you talk about this contemplation, it might not be the first, second, third, fourth, or even fifth station before something really draws me in. And at that point, I may not want to rush to the seventh station. I might want to sit with the sixth station for a while, and that's okay. That is entirely okay, and that's what you're meant to have, is that savoring, that relishing, uh, that's a Ignatian term, uh, for what I am experiencing with Jesus in this consideration, in this prayer. It's, it's sort of like if you, you're trying to find your friend and you knock on this door and you knock on the next door and you knock on this door and your friend's there at the door. Well, you stay a while. And you stay as long as uh, the hour of prayer that you've allocated or 15 minutes of prayer that you allocated to be with Jesus, to converse with him, to acknowledge what's happening in that contemplation of Jesus is condemned to death, that first station. I can stay there as long as I want to talk about how I've felt condemned. Or I can talk to him as long as I want about how I've doubted you. Or I can talk to him a lot, as long as I want about feeling powerless and relating. So acknowledging and relating what's happening in my life so that my life is not something I live over here. And my prayer, my devotion is something I have for 15 minutes over there. My life and my prayer become one and my life now serves my prayer rather than the other way around. I'm going to pray so I can live life better. No, no, no. I, I pray so that I can acknowledge what's happening in my life with Jesus more. I think of uh, another one of my favorite priests who was breaking open St. John Paul II's um, Salvifici Dolores on the Christian meaning of human suffering. And, w and one of the places he just stopped was a few simple words from St. John Paul II, suffering conquered by love. And he was talking about that in the context of the Paschal mystery, the Paschal sacrifice, suffering conquered by love. And I think often we're encouraged to focus on, this is how much our Lord loves you, that he would go through the way of the cross and die on the cross for you. And I'm glad he did. I mean, I, I rejoice in that every time I contemplate the Paschal sacrifice. But then there becomes that question of, all right, now I've brought all of these things that maybe I'm carrying on my heart from recent history or maybe far back in my life, and I've brought them to this recollection of the passion where we know suffering does not win, but how do we, how can the stations help remind us of that? That no matter what we're going through right now, if we can stay faithful, we know there is a, the proverbial happy ending to the story. Well, the stations bring us into the reality that no matter where we are, uh, Jesus is already there. So the relationship with Jesus is what allows for the end in mind. Jesus is the one who conquers. Jesus is love incarnate. And so my entering into the stations 
allows for this, every time we enter into him, this whole new possibility of meeting Jesus in all these various sufferings. So suffering conquered by love uh, really requires a massaging of our memory and our heart to be honest about what we've suffered and what we are suffering. And, and that's really the only measure of our prayer isn't how much I get out of it or how much uh, I, I can see the end in sight or, or, I'm, or how much I'm lifted in confidence. The, the real measure of our prayer is the honesty. I love that you say that uh, he's there with us at every step because I think of what are those crosses I've carried, maybe those habitual sins that I'm trying to break free of, and I feel like I keep falling down. And he's, well, I'm, I'm falling down under the weight of that sin too, carrying the cross or being ostracized or shunned and how often we see that in the way of the cross or seeing the, the pain of those around us. I, I can only think of his blessed mother and how difficult that must have been to see her son take all of this on, and it, it really is a great reminder for us. I, you know, I could sit here and, and talk about the stations and prayer with you for hours. Unfortunately, morning drive time radio does not allow that. So, Father, I want to thank you for taking the time to be with us this morning. Could I ask you to close our time together with a prayer? Sure. Let us pray. Almighty God, you sent your Son among us to suffer and die and be raised. In this Paschal mystery, help us discover how Jesus loves our humanity and desires to be with us in every suffering, every pain, everything that might be shameful or embarrassing. Let us be converted in heart and mind by meeting Jesus, your Son, right there. Let's just pause for a moment and be with Jesus. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you so much for being with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. We are going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. Active Consecration to St. Joseph. O oh, dearest St. Joseph, I consecrate myself to your honor and give myself to you, that you may always be my father, my protector, and my guide in the way of salvation. Obtain for me a greater purity of heart and fervent love of the interior life. After your example, may I do all my actions for the greater glory of God, in union with the divine heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. O blessed St. Joseph, pray for me that I may share in the peace and joy of your holy death. Amen. Here is our catechiz today, and it's going to be a quick one, so get ready. Can you name the 12, or sorry, can you name the 14 stations of the cross? Because if I ask you to name the 12, you're going to say, Adam, I can't. There's 14 of them. There's not 12. There's 14. Can you name the 14 stations of the cross in order? Well, let's go back to something Patty Schneier taught us a few years ago here on the show. It's easy to remember the order. The first three, condemned cross falls. Jesus is condemned by Pilate. He accepts the cross or takes up his cross, and then he falls for the first time. Then he meets three people in alphabetical order. He meets Mary, his mother, Simon of Cyrene, who helps him carry the cross, and Veronica, who wipes his face. So, condemned cross falls, Mary, Simon, Veronica. The next three, very easy. Fall, women, fall. And now we're talking about women falling. He falls a second time. He meets the weeping women of Jerusalem. He falls a third time. The tenth through the fourteenth, the rest is in order. He's stripped of his clothes. He's crucified. He dies. He's taken down from the cross, and he is laid in the tomb. So, again, from the top, Condemned, cross, falls. Uh, Mary, Simon, Veronica, falls, women, falls, stripped, crucified, 
died, taken down, buried. 14 Stations of the Cross and an easy way to remember them. Speaking of Fridays and Stations of the Cross, it's also Friday of the Lenten Ember Days, which continue through tomorrow. So we invite you to join in this devotion today. You would fast as if it were Ash Wednesday or Good Friday. Two smaller meals, one regular sized meal, and the two smaller meals added together cannot be bigger than the regular sized meal. No snacks in between meals. Um, you know the drill. And then tomorrow, same thing. On Wednesday and Saturday of Ember Days, you can't have meat with your larger meal. And we do this. We pray for priests. And we pray in thanksgiving for the gifts we have received. Let's get you one more check of the weather and the daily dose of encouragement. A prayer to redeem lost time by St. Teresa of Avila. Oh, my God, source of all mercy, I acknowledge your sovereign power. While recalling the wasted years that are past, I believe that you, Lord, can in an instant turn this loss to gain. Miserable as I am, yet I firmly believe that you can do all things. Please restore to me the time lost, giving me your grace, both now and in the future, that I may appear before you in wedding garments. Amen. As we wrap up our week of the Daily Dose of Encouragement, talking about restoring a proper sense of sin on this Friday, I just give thanks for the fact that we're talking about this during the season of Lent, because especially on these Fridays, we look at the Passion and we look at what our Lord endured for our sins. Patty, how are we going to wrap up this week? Well, we're going to wrap up this week with prayer. We've talked about you know, naming our sins and recognizing them. We've talked about all the ways that sin has bad consequences, how we can hate sin by seeing the effects of it in our world, confronting the lie that, that sin doesn't hurt anyone. So today, I just want to end the week with prayer. And maybe you could pray these words for yourself. Maybe you can pray these words words with your spouse tonight. Maybe you can pray these words with your children, with your grandchildren. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, show me my sin. Give me the grace to flee from it at all cost. Help me to hate sin for what it does to you, Lord, for what it does to myself, and for what it does to others. Lord, I give you full permission. Do whatever you have to do so that I will not die in a state of mortal sin. I choose you, Jesus. Give me the grace to live this desire to choose what is good, true, and beautiful over any sin. Amen. What a beautiful prayer to conclude our week together. And friends, if you want to go back and revisit any of this, be sure to check out the Daily Dose of Encouragement podcast and maybe share it with a friend during the season of Lent. And if you'd like to pray more on this topic today, I would encourage you on this Friday, pray the Stations of the Cross. Well, be safe out there today, wherever you're going. It's going to be a wet one, as Mike Roberts has reminded us. One of those days where I wonder if I should invest in a kayak or a canoe. Although I've got a large family, so maybe we're going to need a uh, yacht out there. I don't know. I think we'll stick with the minivan and just avoid the, uh, the high waters. We mentioned Ember Days. Which, again, it's Ember Friday. Tomorrow is Ember Saturday of the Lenten Ember Days. It's also First Friday. We've prayed our prayers together at the top of the show. So get to Mass today. Receive Holy Communion. If you need to go to confession, go to confession first. If you're in the St. Louis metro area, there are confessions and adoration at the Old Cathedral from 1130 to noon, followed by Mass. You can make your First Friday devotions there. Later this evening at Immaculata, the Sodality of the Sacred Heart here in St. Louis will have their First Friday Mass in meeting. Um, it begins 
begins at 4 p.m. Or no, 4.30 p.m. 4.30 p.m. with Adoration, Reconciliation, and Benediction, followed by Mass at 5.30, celebrated by Father Michael Rainier. And then afterwards, there will be a uh, brief presentation, and there's also activities for the kids out in the narthex of the church. Speaking of Father Rainier, he's been on the show a couple times before. He is going to be on EWTN's The Journey Home on Monday, which you can hear right here on Covenant Network at 7 p.m., so tune in for that. I believe they also have a video live stream, and if you watch EWTN television, but maybe make it a good old-fashioned night. Have the radio on, gather the family around the radio like they used to do for the radio dramas, which by the way, if you like the radio dramas, we do have those on Saturday afternoons. And every now and then I get the chance I'm driving and I just listen to that. And uh, it's quite entertaining. So that's uh, the Family Theater Classic Radio 3.30 on Saturdays. Um, you know, So that's what's going on. Next week on the show, we're going to have a lot to talk about. Hopefully we're going to be talking about some places you can make a pilgrimage during spring break. We're also going to be talking about firm purpose of amendment on Monday. We say it often when you go to confession, two things required. You have to have a humble and contrite heart. You have to be sorry for your sins, but it's not enough to just be sorry. You have to have a firm purpose of amendment. You have to not want to commit those sins again. What is that? Why is it important? Well, you're going to have to tune in Monday morning for that. Father Stephen Schumacher is going to be with us in studio for that one. Until then, for Covenant Network, I want to thank you for listening to Roadmap to Heaven this week. Let's close it out with prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, again, thanks for listening today. If you like the show, go check out the Roadmap to Heaven podcast wherever you get your podcast, and check out the other great podcasts from Covenant Network. Don't forget to pray the stations today, even if you just pray them on your own at home, but it's better. You can get that indulgence, plenary indulgence, under the usual conditions if you go pray them in the church and make your way along the 14 stations. Who doesn't want an indulgence? And last but certainly not least, probably most important thing I'll say in this last few seconds, pray your rosary today. <laughs>